All right, all right. Here we go with another episode of The Techie and the Cowboy. My name is Alistair Hunt, a.k.a. The Techie. And this is T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a. The Cowboy. Man, I'm fired up about the episode that we have for you today. I have a good friend of mine, known him for almost 12 years now that I've known him and watched him in his journey. Uh, you know, he's a superstar, a personal trainer and fitness guru is what I like to call it or whatever else. So I want to introduce you to, to you, my good friend, Anthony Tate. Anthony, what's up, man? What's up, brother? How y'all doing? Doing awesome. All right. So before it is that we roll this intro roll, just tell us a little bit about you and your background and, and what it is that you do. Well, I am the creator of The Beast Life. The Beast I don't know Life. if you see me on social media, but I, I have combined exercise and fitness with a lifelong, with lifelong experiences to come up with a great exercise and wellness program for all my clients uh if you want to take your body to the next level you need to get with that beast life yeah listen to that he read the commercial at the very beginning i like it right out the gate <laughs> that's awesome awesome but you know with you running a beast life now and where it is that you've come from i know it always hasn't been uh you know peaches and roses for you right so tell us a little bit about sure. your background and where you're from and all that kind of stuff and then we'll roll well, originally from memphis tennessee small section orange mound um migrated like most people from their birthplaces and we my family landed in dallas and i and i came about in a small little town called the colony texas the colony. Uh, went went like most athletes uh got got a chance to play some sports was blessed enough to play college football uh but all the while was taking all the credit for all my accolades and as we know when you're taking all the credit uh God has a way of reminding you who's responsible for your accolades. Yes, sir. He'll neutralize <laughs> and, it real quick. <laughs> yeah, he'll neutralize that. So he he neutralized me. Uh, I ended up getting in trouble with the law, spent some time in prison, spent time in prison three times along with others, other times as well. So had my share of fun behind those walls. Uh, was fortunate enough to come out with a, still with a little bit of sanity and uh with some sense and but god had some more breaking down to do so i kind of went up and down you and i crossed paths uh in in the gym uh and so that god led me to the fitness industry right around the time you and i met so it's been about uh, i'd say about 2005 is when i started so now what 14 years yeah i've been in the business and like i say you and i met then and since then i've gone way up way down but the good thing about it is i've gotten closer through, closer to god through this and god has been the only source of redemption in my life and that's what i look forward to sharing with you guys today he yeah. is great and Love i'm it. here to tell that's, you that's a perfect place for us to stop and roll this intro clip so let's roll that new season two intro music and now a few minutes with two of my friends who will soon be yours the techie and the cowboy All right, so we're back now with uh, Mr. Anthony Tate, who's going to tell us a little bit about his story. So Anthony, start at the beginning. Start. You talked about how it is that you, you know, got that opportunity to be able to go to college and be an athlete there. So talk a little bit about that. Well, had some good, good uh, fortunes in high school. Like I say, if you if you played foot, high school football in the state of Texas, you know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, was blessed enough to play on a great team. Went to a, a a good high school, got a little exposure there and landed a little scholarship to Tarleton State. Went out there and basically that's when um, I just really started taking all the credit for everything in my life and kind of got way away from God in the fact that uh, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but you know, when you work so hard for something, I had worked hard throughout high school and uh, you know, with the goal being to go to college. Uh, my mother was really big on that. That was something that was very important in our family and still is today, uh, getting a higher education. Um, and so worked really hard to get there and uh, got there and kicked up my feet. And so uh, ended up not taking class. The class schedule is, is as seriously as I should. Basically, I never showed up to class. 
And so, <laughs> he said, let me just be real. <laughs> yeah, basically, I just hung out, man. I was at Tarleton State, and, and, and it was kind of like, a, uh, you know, how it, how the football players get treated on any campus. And, yep. and so I, I was basically partying and going to football practice and then showing up to play on Saturdays and then going back to party and then going to football practice and showing up to play on Saturday. Never mind uh, going to class, studying, uh, actually doing something within your community to be a functioning citizen. <laughs> so, so that caught up with me and flunked out of school. Wow. Um, so, well, the good thing about that was my mother, hey, if you're like me, then your mom is, is, is at the top of your life. My mom went out of her way for me and got me to another school and paid for it this time. Wow. Um, thank God for mom, but uh, I wasn't done partying. Uh, mom would hate to hear me say that. Um, was tra I transferred to A&M Kingsville uh, and had to sit out a year during the transfer process. Well, that was actually absolutely the worst thing that could happen to me. Uh, uh, being that not now I went from small town Stephenville, Texas to Kingsville and basically an hour from Corpus Christi and an hour from Mexico. So uh, that was more partying <laughs> and more not going to class and, and more just hanging out on campus versus doing anything constructive with my time. So, so talking so, about that section of your life, what do you think it was? What do you think that was, was causing you to go back to and not like the second time, knowing that your mom's paying for it, mm. knowing everything else like that? What, what was it that mm. was, was causing you to go back to that? Three things, selfishness, but. Most importantly, drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Kids, don't do drugs and don't use and don't do alcohol. But at that point in college, hey, drinking was nothing. Okay. Yeah. Drinking at that point was something that I did basically every day. Uh, and at that point, I was also uh, using illicit drugs every day. Hmm. And so that was taking me further and further away from everything, away from you know, God, obviously, uh, school, which is what I was there to be doing, uh, football, which is what I was there to be doing, and subsequently my family, which even though they weren't there with me, I kept dragging them through the mud, so to speak, by flunking out of school, flunking out of school, going to this college, going to that college, getting in trouble here, getting in trouble with the law due to various incidents, uh, had some had some run-ins with the law along the way of partying, uh, you know. It was nothing for me to get into bar fights as that that would ultimately be my undoing. And uh, I subsequently failed out of uh, A&M Kingsville. Wow. Uh, at this point, uh, drugs are probably just running rampant in my life. It's hard to think back to and, and, and put it into words. But at that point, it, it was all about me. And it and it that started a trend of it being all about me for probably the next 20 years. Wow. Anthony, can you talk a little bit about what your relationship with God was before you went off to school and what mm -hmm. it was during this um, period of partying and trouble? Okay. Uh, great question. It, first of all, I, I was raised in church. Um, especially uh, if, if most, uh, most black families, especially, but most of us, if we have in uh, our grandparents are really integral in our spiritual journey. And, and so my grandmother, both my grandparents, both my grandmothers, I say my mom's mom and my dad's mom, uh, they both believe were believers, but my dad's mom was, uh, was more involved in church and, when we would visit with her, I'm from Memphis again, and being in Memphis, when I was, whenever we were home, we were in church. Uh, so uh, when we would go home for the summer, uh, church was a big thing for us. We would always go to vacation Bible school. We would always go to Sunday school, but more so with grandma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, but my mother and father as well, we, you know, we were always members of church. Uh, we Sunday school was a big thing when I was younger. Now, as I started to get a little older, uh, started to kind of not go to church as much, except with grandma. Uh, sports was something that, you know, I, I played sports year round. I played football. I played basketball. I ran track. So a lot of times I was doing some sort of 
function, sports function on Saturday, and that was my excuse to my mom to get out of going to church on the, on that yep. Sunday. Yep. <laughs> so, so, so really, what that was was I would do something athletic wise, and 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 then go hang out with the fellas on Saturday night, and so that would be my excuse to not have to get up early and go to church with mom. So I slowly started to tail off as far as my church attendance. And, and then with that, my relationship with God, I don't want to say tail off, tailed off, but I want to say that I kind of moved away from God and got more on my own versus sticking with God and letting God lead my path. And, and, and subsequently you can see that's where all the trouble starts to answer your question. Okay. So now you're now you're through <laughs> high school, I mean college, and you start getting in trouble with the law. So talk about that process and how that affected kind of your your faith. I mean, does, was this a resetting point or was this a you know just continuation type of thing? Well, it should have been a resetting point. Uh, you would have you would have thought, hey, a couple run-ins with the law, uh, uh, you know, a couple couple situations within the family life that were caused and subsequently escalated because of your drug use and because of your trouble with the law uh, you know I, I started getting in trouble with the law and there with that came probation and probation was never finished right well well let me say it like this my relationship with god was strong when i was behind bars <laughs> but it was it was weak when I was out in the world. And so when I would get arrested or get in some sort of trouble with the law, of course, I would do like most people in that situation and start praying to God. And I would pray and pray and pray and pray and some and pray my way through those situations. And in that at that time, you know, God was too good to me. And subsequently so were my parents. There were times my parents should have left me behind bars, but they got me out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that you know, having that type of fortune and in, in, in family structure around you, they do, you know, when you start getting into trouble like that, you know, they want to help, and 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 so they would get me out of those situations, and then I would get probation, and then I would start off good, and then eventually violate probation because of my drug use. Mm -hmm. Well, each time something like that came up, my relationship with God got better. Mm. And I would pray and I would pray and I would pray and, and God would always bring me through. Well, each time I would get released or, or, you know, get probation. Well, that was just another pass for me to get on out there and get, get to doing what I was doing. But this time, each time at a more prevalent rate. Mm. You said a lot and in so, that statement right there. Cause you got a lot of parents who it is that have kids who it is that are going through some stuff. And like you said, mm -hmm. as parents, our whole, we want to rush. We don't want to right. see our we kids help. struggle. We want to come yeah. grab you. Yeah, we don't want to see our kids struggle. That's just, it's hard for us to sit and let our kids go through anything, right? Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. you said a lot to where you said sometimes they should have left you so you could feel a little bit more. Right. And it, it wouldn't be such an easy pass. That's a, that says a lot to somebody who has a kid that's going through that right now. Oh, man. Hey, listen. I'll tell you what. It... it uh, you can't blame parents. Like you say, the love of a parent is stands the test of time. And, you know, it, uh, you know, even though my parents weren't together at this time, hey, it was, you know, both sides of the family, it was kind of like a panic. Like, hey, all the hands on deck. We need to, you know, band together and get this dude. What the heck's wrong with him, you know? And so that lent itself to help for me, you know? And, and instead of me pulling that close, Instead of me pulling what God was doing for me and, you know, getting me in and out of these situations and, and, and pulling that close and, and, like you say, resetting, you know, I just went further and further away. That was kind of, that just added itself to being invincible for me. And that just made it more and more about me mm. versus, you know, my family. And, hey, I, I have to, I can't tell my story without saying that during this time my first child was born mm -hmm. and I was absolutely not there for her <laughs> wow. you know going in and out of jail hey when you keep going in and out of jail it's going to get longer and longer wow and and eventually you know uh my daughter was born in 1997 well in October of 1998 I caught my uh, my second felony case wow well in 
but this was the one that put me behind bars. I mean, actually sent me to a uh, prison. Hmm. And, but, but I was not in that Remember, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, and then a small town in the colony. Well, at this point, God has given me a, a probably at this point in my life, 127th chance and <laughs> taking me out of the situation where I kept getting in trouble and putting me in a situation where I had an opportunity to change my life and hit that reset button. Uh, went to Purdue University, had a chance to, well, well I had a small chance. Uh, all I needed to do was kind of work it into fruition. Uh, uh, had a small chance to walk onto their football program and, and actually hit the reset button. And, you know, I would have had to go through some, go through some back channels, hey, summer school and, and getting those grades back up to get yourself in the college, into the University of Purdue versus, uh, you know, or Purdue University versus other university standards, you know, so I had to work up to that. Yeah. And at the same time, I was still using drugs, still making it about myself. And this time I get into a bar fight on campus at Purdue. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> but this time there's a cop there the whole time. Mm. So I line, I land myself behind bars this time. The judge isn't playing around and, you know, mom couldn't get me out of this one. And next thing you know, I get three years behind bars. Wow. Wow. Right. So talk, talk about the that process of three years. Cause you talked about praying and God bringing you out of it and everything else like that. Now this time you're facing music, right? So, so three That's years. Music. Yeah. So three years. Just and talk about your mindset, you know, when, when this is all happening. Man. Well, let me show you how good God is going into that three years. I'm a praying machine. I've read the Bible. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've decided I'm going to become a, a preacher and, uh, what most of us convicts do when you get into a situation where you know your normal stuff can't get you out of it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So whatever you could normally say or whatever you normally did to get yourself out of trouble, when that runs out, then you turn back to God. Mm. Well, well, I became a preacher in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> you said, I'm going to go to the ultimate extreme, right? <laughs> right. But, but at the same time, you know, just... God was in my life and God was, was at every turn, every day. He was, he was, you know, Hey, seeing some trouble, getting ready to come my way and turn me this way. And, you know, keep in mind, I'm in prison. Okay. I'm in prison in the state of Indiana, not in the colony, Texas. Mm. So I'm 1800 miles away from home. So, you know, there's no visits. There's no, you know, uh, Hey, um, Mom, can you come up? You know, things like that. Friends, come visit me on, you know, put you on my visit list. This was, looking back, this was God getting me away so he could deal with me. He could, uh. you know, do what he needed to do with me and work on me so where I wouldn't have the distraction or let's just say the people who could make this easier for me. <laughs> right, right. And, and he, he needed to do some work on me there. Well, I couldn't see that then. So uh, at that point, I'm, I'm, I'm in this three years. Uh, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm getting mad at this point. I'm blaming everybody versus, Hey, you're the cause of why you're here. Isn't that so right? easy to do though? I mean, it's so easy to so be easy. <laughs> so easy to do. Anthony, who was it that you blamed? Well, I blamed my mother, her and I had a falling out there. Uh, my father, which is who I, uh, that's the whole reason I moved to Indiana from Texas was to move with my father at the time who had been absent in my life, maybe for about seven or eight years at that time. Uh, instead of looking at, at that as a fresh start and a chance to rekindle my relationship with my father, you know, I looked at that like, Oh man, you're sending me off mom, you know, and, and, and Hey, you don't care about me. Never mind the fact that I'm a 21 year old grown, grown man who's just just not getting himself not, just not doing what he should be doing at that point so hey this is not only rightfully so this is probably mom getting her away from getting me away from her <laughs> but mm -hmm. also here's another person that's extending an olive branch a family member that's extending an olive branch trying to help at this point my dad and so uh you know i'm blaming him for not being there 
well, he wasn't there that night. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, you know, but you, you want to talk about that. You want to think I about it. I want to bring up 10 years ago and all that, you know. <laughs> and and uh, so, you know, I'm blaming, I'm not taking responsibility for my actions, plain and simple. And so I remember I get out of this three years in uh, 18 months. And it's funny when I say not taking responsibility for my actions, someone who was very uh, important to me at that point told me, you act as if we owe you something mm. for you being in prison. Mm. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and looking back, that's exactly how it was. Like, you know, I kind of, I kind of took on this persona behind bars. Uh, obviously looking back, you know, if you're behind bars, I don't care who you are. There's some fear there. Yeah. And, and, you know, my way to handle that fear was to put on this persona of toughness and, 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 and strength that whether I had or not, it didn't matter. I just needed you to think I had it. So you right. wouldn't mess with me. Right. Right. And so, and, and, you know, learning, learning the ways of prison. Well, that was something that I kind of, dare I say, kind of took to, <laughs> instead of saying, what in the hell am I doing here? Lord, please help me and, and help me keep my wisdom, you know, bless me with wisdom enough to keep my sanity in here and keep, you know, who you want me to be on the front of my mind. I, oh man, I just embedded myself into, I guess, the quote unquote culture there. Mm. So that lent itself to other things that, you know, took me years to break out of. Uh, thinking patterns and thought processes that took me years to break out of. Hey, heck, I'm still dealing with some of that stuff now to where, you know, it, it raises its head and thank God I'm at least at a place now where I can recognize it and say a prayer to kind of get past it. Well, then it was just like, bring it on, you know? So I get out and again, now remember I was already on this path where I was just committing crimes. Well, I get out in 2000 where something from 1998 raises its head. Hmm. And now the whole time I'm thinking I'm clear because of this stuff that went on in Indiana, I do my time for that. Well, something I did two years prior to that comes up and now I'm back in prison. Oh, wow. And <laughs> so within, I, I, within a year, I'm back. Wow. Right. I do some more time. I get out again, another eight months, I'm back, mm. all right? So now, 20 months, I've been on the streets out of the last six years, seven wow. years. Wow. Now, keep in mind now, I've got a child here, okay? <laughs> so uh, at this point, my relationship is non-existent at best. Okay, so I'm in there for the third time. Now, the third time I was there, is because of a violation. And the violation was because of what? You guessed it, drugs. drugs. <laughs> yeah. And so the whole time my drug and alcohol use is just getting worse and worse over all these, you know, right. I'm trying to cope. I'm trying to use this drug to get away. I'm trying to, you know, mask what's really going on. I'm I'm instead of me dealing with these problems that keep arising in my life. And and more importantly, hitting my knees and saying, God help me, uh, and actually letting him do it, I'm just going further and further into that drug use. Hmm. A funny thing is happening here, though. Uh, I meet my wife. I shouldn't say I meet my wife. I get back with my wife during, me, during the process of me uh, going in and out of prison. My girlfriend at the time, now my wife, you know, we kind of lost each other. And well, I shouldn't say we, I should say me because she was, she always kept tabs on me. Uh, looking back, my mother always would let me know that she was asking about me and checking on me and things like that. But you know, me, I was, you know, with drug use, you're not really thinking about who you're hurting. Right. And so she, you know, I would get out, we would kind of rekindle our fire and I'd go back in. Mm. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, uh, she kept staying. I kept going further and further away from her. Well, 
I get out this last time after the violation. Now I'm still using drugs, right? But I don't have to report anymore, mm. right? So now I can, I can use drugs at my leisure. I can drink at my leisure. But my girlfriend that stayed with me, her and I get married, right? And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, I remember having a conversation with my mom and my mom says, well, you might want to stay your butt out of jail now that you've got a, a family to, to take care of and support. And so a funny thing happened. God at that point blesses me and I find the gym, I find fitness. Um, I, along the way, he taught me some things, um, working various jobs. Uh, I, I found that I could actually be an entrepreneur, that a legal entrepreneur, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> the right side of the law. A legal entrepreneur. So, you know, some of those things I was using to, to run an illegal business, I could now use to run a legal business. So I started a lawn service. God's blessing me the whole time, trying to lift me up, trying to, you know, all the prayers that, not my prayers, but all of my family's prayers and friends' prayers and people who care about me along the way. All of those prayers were in lifting me up, were, were lean, lending God was coming through for me. And, and he had no business doing that because I was not worthy. And, but fast forward a couple of years and you and I meet yep. at, uh, at the gym in Allen. And that was, at that point, that was the best thing that had happened to me because I met Terry Watson. Okay. And I got with Terry Watson and my life changed. Uh, and I found myself trying to model myself as, as this godly person that God has sent to me in my life. And I knew, make no mistake, I knew God had put me with him. Hmm. I knew it. because, And I knew this was a blessing because my wife at the time, God had blessed me to have a lawn service. Well, my drug use took me away from that lawn service. Instead of cultivating that lawn service, I built it up and then kick my feet up. Hmm. Can you see a theme reoccurring in my life now? <laughs> okay. So, well, at one point the lawn service was booming. Well, I kicked my feet up and it stopped booming. I hmm. took credit for it. Again. Instead of saying, hey, thank God. Hey, thank you, God. Hey, thank you, God. Hey, thank you, God. Hey, thank you, God, and keep working, which is something I try to do today. Uh, I kicked my feet up and that business, whew, along with my drug use going up, that business went down. And so now I need a job. And my wife says, hey, you be good at sales. Why don't you go in this gym? We kept getting the flyers in the mail. Remember, you get the flyers in the mail. And my, my, my wife says, hey, you'll be good at sales. Go into that gym. You'll be good at that. You like to work out, you work out. Because remember, I had played college football. Yeah. But in prison, all you had to do was work out. <laughs> nothing else to do so people so people was start, i started working out and i started working out with people and showing people how to work out because i had done that for years and i you know junior high high school and college playing football and basketball right so that was something that not only did i use to bridge my gap from prison to fast forward to when you and i meet at the gym that was something exercise has been a source is, has, is, has really been a godsend and the only way that I've maintained any contact with God. So I want to make sure people catch this. So while you're going through some of the hardest times in your life, mm -hmm. and God is teaching you lessons and other aspects, he's also giving you the tools that you need to be able to set up what helps to, to help you be successful. In to the bring the comeback. To bring the comeback, man. Because yeah, yeah, God yeah. knew... God knew you and I were going to have this podcast. Yes, he did. <laughs> he <laughs> he that, he's like, let me give him some subject matter for this podcast. <laughs> I can't write this. I can't make this up. You know what I mean? I can't, make, I can't be saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to fool you, and I'm going to make this story up. There's no way. I'm in prison. I'm in prison in Indiana. I'm in prison in Oklahoma. I'm in federal prison working out with all of these convicts. And I'm learning how to work out from some of these convicts. Wow. Right? I'm, I'm learning stuff that I'm using today to get people results. I learned that from convicts. Hmm. You know? And, and, and then fast forward to when I meet Terry. 
And then he just takes what I learned from those convicts because that was a that was what was that made it easy. God made it easy for me to make that transition when I walk into this gym and I've never I've never been in a gym selling anything. Right. But I know the gym can help you because right. I've done it my whole life. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And you know I how to you know how to hustle life. and grind because you've done that your whole life too. So you've done that effort. as well. <laughs> so all of those nights sitting on the curb and all of those nights, you know, hustling and doing things illegally and finding ways to make money illegally, I used those same ta- I shouldn't say tactics, but those same blessings from God Tools, yeah. to then set myself up to be able to take care of my family legally. underlining legally (laughs) here's the best thing about it i was able to legally set up my business and now what i do today my business is helping people yeah wow for so long i took from people right so god said i'm gonna kick your butt in this prison but i'm gonna teach you how to how to help people and that's gonna be the way that you end up supporting yourself and that's gonna be what I know now is the way to get how to bring God his glory. Yeah. Right. I'm going to get, I'm going to be able to help you fitness wise and wellness wise. And I've seen it just change people's lives. It's changed mine. Number one, percent. but I've been able to through through God blessing me to learn all of these, these, these fitness ways to, to improve your body and enhance your body. Not only exercise, but through spiritually and emotionally and physically and how exercise and the subsequent results teaches you discipline and builds self-esteem and character. And, and it's going to be, it's, it's the closest thing to going to ups and downs. You know, if you've ever been trying to lose weight and you've been kicking your butt and you get on that scale and you're like, oh, I didn't lose any weight. I have a lot of clients like that. I have yep, to yep. work with them. Or, or if you've got a goal in mind, hey, I want to do this and that with my body. And, I, and you know what you go through to get to that goal. You know, all of these things were what I used to help turn my life around and, and, and am using today to help turn my life around and get my life back on track, it, anyone listening to this podcast, God is in the journey, as we know, right? Yeah. And if you're on a journey of exercise, that's the closest correlation to your life. And I've often found in my ex- through my exercise journey that whatever, you know, when I need to whatever when i need to calm down i go exercise when i need to get ready for an event such as this podcast this morning i go exercise right uh good or bad something's going on something great's in my life i gotta get extra i gotta go exercise right (laughs) something horrible is going on in my life i gotta go exercise you found an outlet If, if i did not exercise in prison where would i be now right you know I might still be there, you know. There's, there's, there's a strong possibility that I would probably still be there. So right? you went through one more challenge. So you got whenever I met you at the gym, you know, what I mean, you were at the peak. You had a little bit of <laughs> ego going on too when I met you too, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> you, know, you were doing your thing because you were, you were a big time trainer over there because we had our nutrition club next door. You know, we're doing mm-hmm. the moves, y'all doing the exercise and everything else like that. So talk about you had, you know, another challenge that happened. So talk a little bit about that. that well, uh, the whole time you talk about, you know, you mentioned, you know, you, I was kind of ascending up the ladder, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The whole time I'm still using drugs, mm. still uh, drinking. And at this point, I've stopped using drugs as much, but I'm drinking and I'm drinking and I'm drinking. But the whole time God is ascending me up the corporate ladder. When I meet you, I'm on my way to sales manager. Yeah. And then I subsequently became general manager. And at that point in, in what, in, in the business that I was in, in the fitness industry, that was kind of like one of the pinnacles. Yep. The only thing up from there is, you know, some district stuff and some regional stuff and maybe one day owner. And so at this point, you can't tell me anything. Yep. I remember. That's the Anthony I remember right there. You know what I mean? This is me. You know what I mean? I have overcome three prison stints. 
I have overcome drugs. You know, I kicked on my own. Hey, you can't tell me nothing. So what if I want to have a drink after work? I work 14 hours a day. You know, some of you who have never been to prison, you guys are doing worse than me, so you better listen to me. Hmm. <laughs> you better do like I do. And how many people did I hurt in the process of that, with that hmm. thought process? Uh, how many How many people, uh, most importantly, my family, you know? First of all, I'm drunk because I'm drinking all the time. And, well, I'm drinking all the time, still working out every day, still in some of the tops in my company, still, and you can see the ego, got this money coming in, and I'm still straddling the fence as far as things I used to do, and I shouldn't be doing still versus, you know, this, this life I have over here. So I'm living a double life. Hmm. And, and, you know, God's not, I'm surely not honoring God. And giving God the glory for his presence in my life, right? So, remember, I went all the way up. I'm going all the way down again. But this time, I'm tearing down stuff. Boom, this time, my family's suffering. My immediate family, my kids are growing up with an alcoholic father. My two kids, uh, that one that I've had with my wife. But my stepson, who's been there with me the whole time, he's grown, grown up with an alcoholic father. And in, in the process, his real father has been, has been taken out of the picture uh, as well. Uh, my oldest daughter, who basically at this point has never had a relationship with me. She's just way over here now. You know, she's probably at this point washed her hands with me and just said, I'll probably never have a relationship with my father. Hmm. And, and then my youngest child, who we were blessed with in the during all of this crap that I was taking my family through and all of this, this credit I was taking, she's never seen her father sober. So all of these things are transpiring. And now my, uh, my mother, my wife's mother has been diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And instead of me being a husband, of God and, and therefore basically dropping everything and doing what I needed to do to support my wife. Well, I still have my selfish ways over here. So I would, I would support you and pray for you, but I'm still going to go over here and do my drinking and, 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 and therefore be by myself wow. and not deal with the baggage that I still had in my, in my heart, in my mind. And therefore I was not able to help you at the most important time I should have been helping you, it, whether I was a friend, a boyfriend, a family member of, of whatever substance, I should have been there helping my wife and I wasn't. And, and it was because I was still, you know, taking credit and drinking. And so God was like, I'll show you. <laughs> and I shouldn't say it like that, but he was said, he basically said, okay, as he does, in most of our lives, he says, all right, you want, I've tried, so I'm going to let you hit your rock bottom, and then I'll bring you back up when you're ready. And so that, that lent us uh, to, you know, that fast forward to us meeting in January. Yep, yep. And I remember you talking about that because that's what we kind of connected on. It was the growth as men, especially in our relationships uh, with our family, with our wife, and and how important mm. that was. Because I, it was, it was just supposed to be us meeting, eating lunch, and it turned into you well, know. Was, <laughs> you see know, how God's there. God was there know. that day, man, dude. And yeah. you just came. It was funny because you just came across my my mind, and then you mm. came across my Facebook feed. I said, let me mm. let me see if his number still works. Let me text this guy and say, let's have lunch. You know what I mean? It was, it was there was nothing Boom. else that would have made me reach out or you know whatever else because we hadn't talked in in almost 10 you know probably about five years we had touched base about five, five or years six years yeah. yeah we had seen each other yeah in yeah. passing and, and crossing each other's paths briefly yeah um the one thing you know how god i see god was working for us was you know there was each time we crossed each other's paths we were trying to help each other in some capacity correct Great. You know what I mean? And, and I saw you were just was, back getting back into the fitness thing and everything else. And we had just started our online portal. So I said, yeah, that's what it was. And now I remember. Right, and I said, right. yeah, let me go ahead and reach out to him, see how I can help him. And I just wanted right. to be able to help you. I wanted to help you move forward, whatever it is that you were doing. Uh, you know, right. and that, that wasn't God's plan. And God's plan was for us to eat lunch that day so we can testify <laughs> to each other, which was amazing, right? 
but that was that was a day that I looked to, and I can honestly say that was one of the days that that was one of the days that helped turn me around at that particular time in my life. Because oh, wow. if you remember, you know, financially, we were in ruin. Yeah, I remember you said. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that because I, I remember you tell me that at the lunch, you know, about that last that last financial hurdle that you went through. And basically, you know, um, if people who have gone through alcoholism or have a family member that have gone through alcoholism, they know what this is. They know where I'm at in my life. <laughs> and and I should say, people who have gone through alcoholism and turned it around, or people who have a family member or someone they care about that has gone through alcoholism and been able to come through it, they know where I'm at at this point in my life when I say that I'm broke. <laughs> I've lost it all. Uh, and I, I mean, business is gone. At this point, I'm on my own. I had been, I had broke out of the gym and uh, decided that I was going to be a personal trainer and, and had kind of gotten, gotten myself to where once again, I, I'm taking credit for building up a business and not giving God his credit because each, each place God put me in position to be able to take some clients with to come back to a gym that I used to work for in a management capacity or a training capacity to come back to a gym and get those clients and call those people that I used to work with back in 2009. Let me call them in 2015 and see if they need a trainer. And lo and behold, they need a trainer. So I'm taking credit for that. In right. my mind, I'm saying, huh, I treated them so good in 2009 that they, it's easy for them to work for me, work with me in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of giving God his props there. Right. Well, I built up a personal training business on my own. Instead of giving God his props there. Boom. My mother-in-law passes away. Well, this time, uh, my, my wife is going through it to the point where she has allowed alcoholism well i should say it like this my alcoholism being to the point where it was and after losing her mother she was looking for a coping mechanism and we're talking a person who would be tipsy on just looking at a drink <laughs> is now drinking with me mm. to the point where alcoholism is damaging her life now mm. Right. And the only reason she got to that alcoholism was because that was something that I did and she watched me. So she knew that had to be a coping mechanism. I know that much. Right. To the point where you lose your parent, you lose your mom. Right. And you've got a husband that's absent as far as emotional support. Right. Because he can't get out of his own way. You know, he can't, he's so selfish. He can't deal with his own problems enough to be able to come and be a husband to you to help you through, again, the most trying time in anyone's life, the loss of a loved one, especially their parent, right? Right. And so she's drinking now, right? And, 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 doing, and that's, that's pulling her down to the point where my drunk self is saying, hey, you need to stop drinking. <laughs> 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 never mind, never mind my drinking. You need to stop drinking. Wow. Can you imagine that? So wow. you imagine how that situation, how combustible that must have been. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. Anytime, anytime you tell a wife that you need to do something, that's that's combustible. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. <laughs> but but the whole time, I'm. You know how this is. If you're in my position at this point in my life, it's easy for you to tell people what they need. Yeah, yeah. But it's very hard for you to look at yourself and tell yourself what you need to do in there and, and doubly hard to actually do it. Yeah. Even in the health and fitness industry, it's easy to do that because you got so much knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because people give you that credit because fitness guru or, yep. or, Hey, I'm going to listen to you as a personal trainer. <laughs> right. Like I would listen to you as a doctor or, uh, I, I would listen to you as, uh, a mechanic or a dentist or Correct. not well in my mind you're listening to me because I'm me right, exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm the guy who's overcome all this stuff so you better listen to me not because God has put me in this position to help you 
Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and, and so now I'm, I'm taking on, as I told you in January, I'm taking on this persona of, of the fitness enthusiast. So that's just building up my pride yeah. instead of helping me understand just how good God is and just how, how faithful God is in helping me understand how much love God has for me because he has taken me through all of this crap that I have put in my life. Mm. And now it's spilled over into my wife's life. Mm. And instead of me just saying, wow, God, I'm still saying you need to do this. So what was the so, turning point? What made it switch around? What, what made it say, you know what? I need to, I need to take some, put up the mirror. You know, God just, you know, my wife, my wife struggled. If, if you knew what my wife had gone to gone through because of this, it would have been easy for me to walk out of the door. Uh -huh. Right. So here's how God turned it around for me. I knew I had to help my wife, you know, I knew I had to help my wife. I'm still not giving God his due. But even now, I'm taking credit for saying, hey, I got to help my wife. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know her, her mom's been gone, God rest her soul, for a few years now. And I still hadn't been there. You know, and I've left, I've left my wife to, to walk through this basically alone, even though I'm still in the same house with her, you know, I've left her to do this by herself. And so I'm still drinking and I know I can't do what I need to do for her if I'm still drinking. So that was your point where you said, I, I got to stop. Right. Still not. Hey, dumb, dummy. <laughs> Hey, you might want to stop drinking. <laughs> the big elephant in the room, right? So however you get there, God's there. God, this was God saying, whatever. Okay, whatever. Just get there. So that led me to seek some help. I got some. And but for the grace of God only, I was able to stop drinking. Mm. Okay. Um and there, and there's no other way to put this. I did not do this. Okay. Uh, I stopped drinking. I saw you in January. I was flat broke then, but you motivated me that day, brother. You motivated me that day because I knew that God had preordained that. Hmm. And God, through our conversation, God showed me through you that he was there. Hmm. And he had been there. That's just another, I can point to different times in my life. In prison, God showed me he was there. But I just, I, instead of me saying, okay, lead me, he showed me he was there. I gave him a big hug for helping me right then and there. And I acknowledged him there. And then when he let me out of it, when he got me out of it, right, I took it back. And so here's my pride being built up. I'm a three-time felon. I, had, I took pride in saying that at one point in my life. Hmm. And not saying, hey, you dummy. I'm a three-time felon. Do like me. Instead of, man, God has blessed me to get through three mistakes hmm. that I repeatedly make. Instead of me saying, God, open the door for me to get into fit, to the fitness industry. And that was what I led, that what led me to this today. Right. You know, instead of God saying, instead of me saying, God, bless me, a three-time felon with a family. Been married for 16 and a half years. Hmm. Got three, three children. Are you kidding me? I'm taking credit for that instead of giving God his glory for that. Hmm. Right? I was, I was preordained to raise someone else's child. Hmm. Right? And then instead of me thanking God for someone else raising my oldest child while I was going through all of this crap. You know, I was pointing finger at him and using him as motivation, you know, instead yeah. of thanking God for that he had seen fit to bless my daughter with a man that could do what I couldn't do. 
right. at that point, you see? And so all of these things led me to fall on my knees and just say, God, I can't do it. I need your help. And he was listening. And he didn't, he didn't give me any crap for it. He didn't say, I told you. If you had just listened back in 1998, I told you. How many times like, I got to tell you? <laughs> like I have, like I still to this day have a problem with, and I still, now, I, the difference is now I'm able to stop it and say a prayer. God got me to this day to be able to tell you how he has redeemed me in my life and subsequently redeemed my family. My son, him and I have a better relationship, a relationship I could only have dreamed of a few years ago. My oldest daughter, just got back in town a couple uh, uh, months ago now from spending time with her, spending the night with her at her apartment and, you know, just hanging out with her and, and something I could only have dreamed of. My wife, her and I, just just to be here, standing here, to be able to tell you I, that I'm still married. <laughs> and, and, and my wife, we're nowhere near where we want to go, but we are way away from the place we were. Right. And, and we owe it all to God. It, he has worked miracles and he is working miracles in my life as we speak. Love it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I have a question. God gave you countless opportunities. As you said, you hugged him, then your pride took over and you went away. It's, it's kind of like an if then. If I do this, I succeed. If I do that, I fail. Mm. You could see the pattern repeat. Basically, why did it take so long for you to recognize that and then be motivated to do something about it? Well, I believe this, one of the things that came out of this and why it, and why it took so long mm -hmm. um, was because there was also some other issues in there. First and foremost, drug and alcohol use. Mm -hmm. All right. And you get wrapped up in that. Well, you got to deal with that. <laughs> and generally, you're, you're, you're wrapped up in that because of other issues that you have not dealt with. And, and from my experience. Okay. And so I had some depression issues. I had some, some, some issues that had transpired in my life that I didn't have anything to do with that were never dealt with by me. Uh, you know, we all have that baggage. We all have those, those skeletons in your closet, however you want to label them. For, you know, and for me... Drug, drugs and alcohol were my way for me not to deal with the fact that I was really hurting the fact that my parents divorced at an early age. You know, uh, I was hurting because of some of the things that had happened because of that. You know, some of the things that our family had experienced and gone through. One excuse, one excuse. I didn't, you know, and, and I fell into to, to some of that as well, excuse making and, and, and throwing a pity party. A lot of that, you know, you, you, if you're not taking responsibility, then what is it? It's somebody else's fault, right? Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of that going on in my lifetime, you know, playing the victim, you know. And like I told you the, the quick snippet about this person telling me, hey, man, you act like we owe you something because you're an idiot, you know? <laughs> right. And so there was a lot of that going on to answer your question that kept me from realizing, hey, God's been here the whole time. Mm -hmm. And how did, I, how did I know? Because I'm standing here to tell you. So following up on that, what advice would you give to our listeners about your experience and whatever it is they may be going through? First and foremost, put God in it. Uh, the entire time, even though I wasn't, people were putting family members, friends, they were putting God in it for me. They were praying. They, you know, even if you can't see it, just put God in it because he is there. And when you sit back and you think back, you're going to be able to point to times where there is no way you could have done it. Hmm. It had to have been God. Right? Put God in it. Secondly, look within. Look within. That was the biggest problem I had was blaming you. Blaming everybody. You know, look within. And number three, get help. Get help, man. Uh, because looking back, if I had just reached out and maybe, you know, if I had reached out and let someone help me, right. 
what ha how would life have been different for my family you know let alone myself mm -hmm. so if it's a mental health issue you know if you know something's not right if it's if it's alcohol or drugs if it's if it's a a, a tough situation you know us as men we're taught to deal with situations by just sticking your chest out and, and, and pushing through. And, yep. and, and I have a saying, uh, a lot of my clients will tell you, uh, I have a saying, suck it up, buttercup. And, and sometimes I, I put a couple of expletives with it. But, <laughs> you know, and well, hey, I'm here to tell you, you got to get help, man. There's no way. And allow yourself to be helped, you know. Because that prideful thing, that pride and that ego, it just reared its ugly head at certain points in my life and, and it threatened to destroy my family. And if I let it today, it will. So I just have to put God in it daily. I would advise you to do it no matter where you are at in your life. All right? No matter where you're at in your life. If you're asking me, I'm telling you to say a prayer right now. Just let him help you. I'm telling you. Just, just. What here's something that helped me. You gotta be accountable. You have to be able to say, I am the cause of this. Right? What can I do to write this? It may be somebody over here that you can't control. That's what God's for. But there are some things that you can do differently. Right? If you're if you're stuck, I read a quote, you're not stuck. You're just trying to apply, you're trying to put some old thinking to a new set of circumstances. There is something you can do differently. There's a way you can think differently. You see what I mean? And, and, and for me, it, it was praying and putting God in and asking God, here's my character defect. God, please find it in your will to turn me to what you would have me be instead. Well, first you gotta be accountable to be able to do that. And that was something I struggled with. I'm 43, I'll be 43 in two weeks. And and for 42 and a half years, I struggled with that. Huh. <laughs> and, and, and hey, it, it rears his head even today. Yesterday there was a situation and I had to go say a prayer. Whereas, whereas it would have gotten worse with the old way of thinking. <laughs> And so, you know, if wherever you're at, even if you're on top of the world, man, just do me a favor and say, thank you, Lord. Because even if you busted your butt from nothing, I respect you. I, res I respect you, brother or sister. But brother or sister, please understand that God put it on your heart to be able to do that. And if you want to talk about how, I'll be glad to talk about that later, but I'm sure you guys don't have another six hours. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there was so much, there were so many golden nuggets and there was so much, uh, so many seeds inside of your story. That's why I had to get you on. I was like, somebody, somebody needs to be able to hear this because they're going through any part of what it is that you've been through. Like you said, in your 128 chances that you had, mm, somebody's mm, at mm. that point in their life and they may feel hopeless or they may feel right. like that. God right. has left them. But I love the bumper sticker, the famous bumper sticker that says, if you feel like God has moved, <laughs> or if you feel like God is gone, who moved? Is it him or right. not? Right? Right. <laughs> that's it. And that's it. I, I got to tell you again, just to be, I went, I went to Galveston in March. Please understand, we were homeless. My family was homeless. And I had an opportunity there, it was it was one of those things where we had been through so much and I knew that my last money was going to go to pay the pay the rent. So, you know what I said? I said, I know God did not bring me through all this crap. To have me homeless. And if you remember, you and I talked in January, we said we we both agree that it would probably get worse. Yeah. And it did. Hmm. But the difference was I didn't start blaming, I didn't start pouting, I didn't get frowned up, I didn't start taking it out on everybody else for my shortcomings. I just said, thank you, God. I know you're here. I'm gonna let you lead the way. And you know where he led us? He led us to Galveston. I didn't pay the rent that day, right? Mm -hmm. They locked the doors at the end of the month, right? 
and we still had some stuff in there. Hmm. I went to Galveston that day real quickly. I went to Galveston and and my idea was, you know what? The family has been through so much stress. I know God's got us. I'm just going to go to Galveston. I had a friend down there. We didn't have to pay for the hotel. And I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. God's going to guide me to where we should go next. And we went to Galveston. We had a great time. The kids had a great time. Uh, my, my, my youngest in particular, first time to be to the beach. That was great for her. That was, oh, man, that was a, a joy to my heart. But there was a time where I looked out over that water. And if you've ever been over a beach and looked out over the water, two things. That happened at the Gulf of Mexico, obviously being in Galveston. And then fast forward to July, I was on the Pacific Ocean visiting with my daughter, who I hadn't spoken with and barely had any relationship prior to that. And I looked out over that water and there, and, and God spoke to me, man. Hmm. God let me know that he was there that day. I looked out over that water in, in March in Galveston. And it was like God was looking down for me from 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 the sky. And I and 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 I told you, you've seen me on on a video where there's a video a video. I wear that mask all the time. Yeah. And um, the the company that makes that mask, my wife was filming, right? When God spoke to me, I just so happened to have a mat, I have that mask on, and I was pointing at the sky, over the water so all you could see was the water and I was pointing and I came back to the camera and I said did you see that right and it was God now the the video was an exercise video of me right mm-hmm. well and I'm pointing to the sky because God has spoken to me in that instant and I'm recognizing his majesty by looking out over that water and knowing that there is a God more powerful than any person on this planet. Wow. Because what man could have made that land come out in that water, just the expanse of water looking out over it. And then fast forward to July. There's no way a man could have said, hey, I'm going to construct the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and let these mountains meet the water. I was, I was taken away in that moment, man. Both of those moments. Well, in March, God spoke to me and he let me know, you got this, boy. And I said that day, I said, did you see that? Trainingmask.com, right? The mask, the company that makes yeah. the mask, they posted that video on their page. Hmm. Right now, it has probably seven or eight thousand views and they think it's about exercise (laughs) (laughs) it's about me that was the day god spoke directly to me he spoke directly to me man he spoke directly to me and then he came again and fast forward to july and i'll end with this july this oldest daughter now who was born while i was going in and out of prison right um, God, so good in her life. She's in, in Los Angeles, going to college, getting ready to go on, do big things with her life. And God, and God put it on her heart to let me back in her life. Hmm. And I was in California on the Pacific Ocean because I was there because of her. And the reason why that's so important, because I wasn't here where she's from and where we were here every day and she was an hour away and I never had anything to do with her. I was three, 33 something miles away going through a time with her. She had just graduated college. She had a health scare. It was one of those times when your child has a health scare. What do you do? You drop everything and you go check on that health scare. Well, she never had that from me. Mm. She had it for her from her mom and, her, and that family, but she never had that for me. So this was a health scare. I dropped everything and I was there. And the look on her face, hmm. another confirmation. That was God there. And then so that day we were in the emergency room. The next day is when I'm on the Pacific Ocean. I'm filming those exercise videos again. I got that mask on again. And I look out at this time, I asked someone to film me. And there's another one where I'm pointing 
right? Well, this time I'm just giving thanks. This time I'm just giving him his glory. Excuse me, I don't want to get emotional. But this time I'm just recognizing him for all that he had been doing and all that he's doing to the second man. And I'm just telling you, you can get through this. You can get through this, whoever you are, wherever you are. Man, I'm telling you, God's there. He may not seem like it. It might not be in the way that you want it to be, but he's there right now. Even if you're on top of the world, he's there. Even if you're in the dumps, he's there. Just let him help you. Sorry, y'all. I get super no, psyched man. up about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go out and conquer super the world myself. Up about it, man. <laughs> wow, man. wow. <laughs> One of the most powerful, uh, powerful stories that we've had on here for sure. We've had some amazing guests, but geez, Luis, man. You almost got me emotional there, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, and mm. just for the Praise path, God. like you said, for the path to happen in January and then seeing where you're at now and not even knowing what has happened to you since January. I'm just watching you on Facebook and that's like, oh, we got to get him on because he's he's turned it around because we talked about mm. that, right? Yeah, yeah. So proud yeah. of you. Just want to be the same. Thank you, man. Proud Thank of you. you. All that you accomplished. And what's what's, the, what's the name of your Facebook page? It's uh, Tate's Fit Life. Yeah, anybody out there, you on Facebook, go to Tate's Fit Life exercise tips, all kind of tips on how to live a fit life and 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 more importantly a beast life. But it's gonna be God related. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get to the to 120 pound uh, dumbbell level, man. <laughs> I saw you did that. I was like, oh man, I I, I get I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> we coming, man. We coming. Glad to help out any way I can as well. We we appreciate you hopping on here, man. Your story is so so powerful. Um, and like I said, I I know that your story and everything it is that you've gone through not only is going to help you in your life and and through the fitness, but just somebody again is going through or has gone through and, and needs to hear that there's, you know, a light at the other side, right? Yes, sir. All right, so with that being said, you know, we told you in, in the pre-show that we had to come up with a, a name for you because we got the techie, you got the cowboy. So so what is it? What is, what's going to be your official uh, call name? For you me? know, just call me. No, I got it. I got it. He's three-time Tate is who he is. Three-time Tate. Bam, three-time oh, Tate. <laughs> I love that one. That's great. That's great. All right, so let's do our sign-off then. So this is Alistair, a.k.a. The Techie. And this is T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a. The Cowboy. With our special guest. Anthony Tate, a.k.a. Three Times Tate. Three Times Tate. <laughs> love it, guys. So let's roll that outro music. That's it for this episode. Join us again next time for The Techie and The Cowboy. Hit us up on our website, thetechieandthecowboy.com. Let us know what y'all think.